Welcome to the WCIA 3-in-1 pod. Brett Barron's here along with Andy Olson, recapping Illinois basketball. 69-60 went over Ohio State. A nice bounce back win for the Orange and Blue. That's why they're, we're calling this one Buckeye Bounce Back. After a disappointing performance for Illinois last Thursday, five days ago, Illinois back on the court. And they are able to handedly win over Ohio State. Andy, you were there courtside. It seemed like it was more than a nine-point win for Illinois. I know they hit a late three. Ohio State did. This yeah, they was ended all on, a, on an eight-nothing run. Yeah, this was a seventeen-point advantage for Illinois late into the second half. How did you sum up what this one was for Illinois? Well, it was all about good defense. Is is uh, the first way that I would sum it up. The way uh, that Illinois was able to limit Ohio State in pretty much every aspect. They weren't getting any easy shots. Sensabaugh, like one of their top scorers, their star freshman, could be a lottery pick this upcoming year, really didn't have any say in how this game was playing out. Five of 13 from the field. He does get 14 points eventually, but in that first half, just really didn't hear from him that much. And it goes to show uh, another example of Coleman Hawkins stepping up on defense when he needed to. There were those games last year where they put him on the, the other team's best player and he always came out uh it, it seemed like as uh the better in in those matchups and just good defense played overall I know it game ended on that eight nothing run but um that's why Illinois won this game and the offense certainly had its shining moments uh it seemed like they were able to really get things going and playing team basketball and everything but uh for me the team basketball on that end of the court is the real reason why they have the W against the Buckeyes now. Yeah, you hold Ohio State to 26 first half points, 60 in the game. Could have been a lot less than that into the 50s had they not let them go on that run at the end. And and I feel pretty confident, Andy, that if Illinois holds opponents to 60 or less, they're going to win a majority of the games, and that's solid yeah. defense. And especially on Zed Key, I thought in the first half, the forward for Ohio State didn't know if he was going to go coming off that knee injury, zero points in that first half, only two shots taken. He was really a non-factor in this game. Finishes with eight. I realized that, but four of those were from the free throw line. And and I just didn't feel like that that he was a huge factor into this. And and he's one of their best players. And Chris Holtman said afterwards that they've got to get more from you know guys like Zed Key if they're going to win the game. I thought Illinois did a pretty good job overall defending both Zed and Justice Suing. Two guys that have been there a long time and, and are keys for them to go. Yeah, you have to wonder how healthy Key was, of course, coming into this game. You mentioned the injury, but the defense inside, once again, I mean, Coleman Hawkins uh, spent uh, a lot of that time uh, guarding Bryce. He was guarding Zed as well. Uh, and it wasn't just they're not going to come up as blocks in the stat sheet, but the way that he's able to affect and impact the other team's shots uh, was so prevalent tonight. And you can see it just by watching the game, uh, just by using his body to to get in the way and not giving them any easy looks at the basket. And like I said, it won't come up on the stat sheet, but besides the fact that they hold Bryce and they hold Zed to uh, well below what their averages are coming into today's game. Um, and if Coleman can play that on the defensive end, if they can play team basketball on the offensive end, this is the team that I think people were expecting to see earlier in the season and certainly uh, hope to see as things kind of get rolling now as we're in the middle 
of the Big Ten schedule officially. And we're creeping up on March here in just a few weeks. Um, and this is kind of the moment where you want to see some of those uh, some of those gears start to turn a bit for for the Alana. And if they play every game like they do tonight, uh, then they'll be in a lot of the games down the stretch. Four Alana in double figures, led by Terrence Shannon Jr., 17. Jaden Epps had 14 in his second start of his career. I thought that was interesting that Brad mixed that up. Matthew Meyer with 12 and Coleman Hawkins with 11 points, six assists, and nine rebounds. Let's get to the start switch up first with Epps because Sincere Harris only plays seven minutes in this game. What did you make of that switch up from Brad, and what did he say after the game about why he did that? Well, Brad said after the game that he didn't really give a, a sure answer as to why he went with it. He said that Epps out there gives them a little look, a little bit of a different look as far as the other team's defense. And said that he just kind of wanted to see how it would play. He didn't say that Sincere had done anything wrong. He he sang Sincere's praises. Uh, but I think for everyone besides Brad Underwood, out, outside of the team, uh, saw that Jaden was having such quality minutes and running the offense, whereas Sincere w- was just giving a lot of energy. And, and it felt like that this was the right move to get someone in there who can run plays and be that true point guard uh, just a little bit better. I am surprised that Sincere only had seven minutes tonight. Uh, you would have thought that we'd see maybe more of the the um, the minutes that each of them had had previously. Just you switch up who's starting. Uh, but Jaden takes those minutes over. He plays 32, and it, I think it just goes to show if He's only sitting for eight minutes during the game that he was doing a really good job running that offense. Brad Underwood liked what he was seeing and, and the rest of the coaching staff liked what they're seeing clearly. Um, and I have to say that I'm, I would probably expect this to be the starting lineup going forward. Yeah, I do too. I, I think barring injury or some sort of other substantial thing happening, that this is going to be the starting lineup for the rest of the year. Now they didn't figure that out until you know, January 24th and Sky Clark leaving plays a part in that. He had started some games as well, but I, I think this is the most cohesive unit. I think this unit gives you the best chance and sincere coming off the bench is still that defensive spark. I would expect him to play more in that 12 to 18 minute range. Seven is, is a little bit slim there for me, but I also think RJ Melendez playing 31 minutes factors into that as well and I think Lou Goody coming back is also going to trim some minutes from somewhere you know they all can't play that much and so you got to figure those things out Dane Danger only plays you know 13 and a half minutes tonight and so I I think it is a balancing act but I I agree with you there Andy I think this is the starting five the rest of the way and and I think it's the best five on there to start the game and and the five that you're going to see pretty much the most minutes throughout there and we'll see how Luke factors into that as well but I I did think that there was some positive contributions off the bench once again and RJ struggles going over three from three only made one shot in the game he's still a plus 13 I do feel like his rebounding and overall intensity has been higher though and Brad has publicly called him out for that just a a lack of you know consistency in terms of effort and energy like we've, we've heard Brad say that and for me the last couple of games he's really taken positive steps there and after the game, Brad just said he's got to keep shooting. I mean, I mean, he fully expects the ball to go in with RJ, when RJ shoots it, even though the numbers there the last month and really this season just haven't supported that. 
Yeah, and he played good defense to uh as an example of what you were saying, just some good intensity uh with him right now. He was the one who was guarding sensible if it wasn't Coleman Hawkins uh on a lot of those possessions or defensive possessions for Illinois. So Melendez clearly is a guy that you want to see get going because he can bring something different than than everyone else, at least on the team right now, can bring. Um, and as far as since you're only have, having seven minutes tonight, I think Ty Rogers having the night that he had where uh, besides the, uh, the, the layup that he just completely whiffed on uh, in the first half, uh, can't say that he really put a foot wrong uh, on the night. He has that great dunk on that. Uh, the oop that was then turned into a pass back to Ty, like um, he was playing really well. Uh, and, you know, if RJ can't be what the coaching staff and what fans are expecting him to be, I mean, when, like you said, with Luke Goody coming back, you have to wonder how all of that time management is going to work out. And he has taken the right steps. You know, he is that intense player on um, on defense, going after rebounds, like you said that he has needed to become with his shot just not going down uh, is really that shot that's the last thing. And it says a lot with Brad Underwood saying that he wants him to keep shooting. Uh, he said that all season long. Um, so it, it really is a matter of, is he going to get out of this funk or is all RJ going to be able to bring to the team uh, just being that intensity guy? Because the team needs shooters and, and they need him to find a shot. So uh, for me, that has to be one of the, major uh i guess we'll say question marks for this last six week stretch of the season um that needs to be solved and i really have no idea how how it's going to work out and i'm interested to see how the team responds either way yeah i agree with that because like you mentioned they, they've got to get better shooting especially from the outside they go two of 15 in the second half from three like you know that's that's not going to work long term and for the game, they shoot 17%. I mean, that's not going to win you many ball games. And and yet here we are, you know, they're they're they still won four or five. You know what I mean? Like I think that's the biggest thing now. Or was it five of six? They won four in a row, lost one, four of five, now five of six, right? So yeah. uh they're still okay. I mean, you know, this team is 14 and six and, and five and four in the big ten. Like they're they're still trending in the right direction. And what's curious to me is this pendulum swing of they're either getting blown out and Derek Piper mentioned this in the pregame show <laughs> or they're winning by a blowout like they haven't had yeah. a close margin game since Texas when you were out on the east coast and watching them at Madison Square Garden it's just very fascinating with this team I, I still don't know what to think of this team and I don't think that's an unfair assessment no I I 100% agree with you because you never know what Illinois team you're going to get night in and night out and you have to wonder if that lack of uh, like, like experience in these close games will have an impact on them when it comes to March, um, it can't be, it can't stay this way through, through the rest of the season. And I think Illinois has benefited in some of those blowouts of playing some teams who are maybe a little bit downtrodden when they play them. Um, it, it seems like everyone besides Purdue is kind of at that point in the big 10 right now. Um, it's just a, a mish, mishmash below them in, in the standings. Um, so Ohio State not playing at its best, and Illinois is taking advantage of that. Um, whether or not they're going to be able to hold this consistency, um, I'm sure a lot of fans would love them to be up by 17 uh, late in the second half the rest of the way through the season. But 
they're eventually going to play a close game. And I'm, I don't want to say worried, but really wondering how they'll respond in when they get into that situation. They did well against Texas. I thought they were dead to rights at Madison Square Garden when they went down to the Longhorns and battled back and won in overtime. Um, we'll see if they respond like that or if that lack of experience this season in those types of situations will catch up with them eventually. Yeah, and consistency, the big word with this team. And and I think that's what we're going to look back upon and, and wonder either, hey, they figured it out in the last six weeks of the season or they didn't. And that's going to be a look back point for this squad and go, you know what? They just weren't as consistent as they needed to be throughout the season to become an upper upper echelon team. And I don't think many Illini fans right now are thinking, you know, big 10 title Purdue has separated itself that much, but can Coleman Hawkins be consistent? Like when he plays like he did tonight and he, he throws up 11, nine and six and many times being that five point guard like this team is really good but when Coleman doesn't do that when you don't get an aggressive Terrence Shannon Jr when this team doesn't make its free throws tonight 16 of 18 that's huge noteworthy point there and Terrence perfect from the line at nine for nine you know and when they make threes which they didn't by and large tonight this team can be really good this team can be elite as Brad Underwood likes to say (laughs) But when they're not, they're not. And it just seems to go really downhill quickly uh, for this squad. And and I don't know. It, it's just a very interesting case study for, for what they are. And a lot of pieces, you know, still have to – like, is, is it weird to say they're still gelling? Like, we've seen it, but we haven't seen but it they consistently. Are. They are still gelling. Like, that. it's not weird to say because we're seeing it out on the court every game where there it just seems like – in some regards and tonight wasn't really that tonight was a really good night for them but in in some ways they're still figuring out how to play with each other is that because of the transfer portal and we just haven't seen something like this before uh it's hard to say so i am interested to see just what kind of level they can get to and what consistency they can play with because um I think everyone is correct, and and we hear this from Brad. We hear this from opposing coaches. I mean, this team is, if not the most talented, one of the most talented teams in the Big Ten. Like, on paper, the talent is there. You don't play games on paper, and you hear that all the time. But we still have to figure out just the story still being written for this team. How are they going to finish out this season? Are they going to get to that level? And that is... Um, the thing that should be on the forefront of everyone's mind is if they can reach that level. And if so, how can they get there? Uh, and I'm excited to see it. Cause I, like, like you said, the big 10 championships probably out of the window. Fans should be maybe thinking about like, Hey, maybe they can get a, like a, a, a double buy in the big 10 tournament, make it all the way to Friday. Uh, that's probably still on the table, especially after the win tonight. Um, so who knows, uh, this is going to be one of the more tumultuous, uh, final few weeks of the season. I feel like that Illinois has had in in quite a bit. Purdue now with a two game lead in the big 10 after tonight's action, they are eight and one Rutgers six and three Illinois on a tie for fifth Rutgers is second. And there's the Illini with the Michigan state Spartans at five and four. So 11 games left in the big 10 regular season. And they head to Wisconsin on Saturday. The Badgers are at Maryland on Wednesday night. And Maryland, a team that 
back in December, I thought had some really high potential. Yeah. Kevin Willard's first season, they have fallen off now three and five and Wisconsin at four and four. So if Wisconsin wins on the road in College Park, it's going to be a battle of five and four teams on Saturday. And the first rematch game for the Illini on the road in Big Ten play. I do agree with you that I think all focus now needs to be on trying to get to Friday and get that double buy in the Big Ten tournament and then avoiding a eight or nine seed game in the NCAA tournament. And that's where I've seen the Illini projected quite a bit, still early in bracketology. But can they get somewhere between a at the high end of four seed and at the low end, probably a nine seed at this point? Like, how do you yeah. feel like that shakes out? Understanding it's still, you know, six weeks away here before selection Sunday. But like, wh- where do you feel like this team is at after nine Big Ten games? Where they're at is probably like, I think they're probably right at about an eight seed. Uh, I do think that they have the potential to get up to a, a four seed. Um, you know, if they have a strong end of the Big Ten season, they win a few games in the Big Ten tournament. A four or a five seed, I think, would be the best case scenario for this team at this point, which still gives you an inside track to making it to the second weekend. I feel like that's what I've seen fans just talk about. And that's the only goal with the team this year is just make it to the Sweet 16. Illinois has not had a Sweet 16 team since 2005. Like, just get there. And then everything else that has happened this season will be forgiven. It is a long way to get to that point, though. Uh, But it sure as hell gets a lot easier by being that four or five seed. So while they're adding eight right now, eight, nine, they still have a, a ways to go. Like you mentioned, it's still very early in that like kind of bracketology season. Um, and they have the potential to get there. So best case scenario in my mind would probably be get them at a four and then you'd have to play the one seed in the sweet 16. And if you get there, you see what happens. Yeah, four seed last year after Big Ten regular season champs. I do feel like that's about the ceiling for this team. Can they get to 12 and eight, Andy? I mean, where do you feel like in the Big Ten after nine games, you see them winding up with a 20 game regular season schedule? I will feel like I have a better sense of that after the Wisconsin game. Because, uh, like you said, this will be the first person that they see twice in the Big Ten. Um, if they can go in there and get a win, move up to six and four, I would have a better feeling about them finishing 12 and six, um, just based on the the idea that they showed that they can play a team twice, beat them again, uh, go on the road, hostile environment and win in that in there um, right now. I mean, your guess is as good as mine for for what they'll finish at this point. Hell, they could finish. Uh, 16 and four. I don't know. Like they, this team is so weird. I have zero idea what they could have at this point, but if they can beat Wisconsin on Saturday, I would have a better feeling and say that their chances of going 12 and six get, get that much higher. Um, but as of right now, Brett, I pfft, keep me out of it. I have zero idea what this team can do down the stretch. Yeah. They have six games remaining with teams that are below them in the current big 10 standings. Now, what does that mean? I don't know. Maybe nothing. <laughs> but you still have another game at Ohio State. You play Northwestern again. I'm I'm not buying the Wildcats. Yeah. Uh, you go to Penn State after you lost to them already. You got Minnesota at home, and you got Nebraska at home. Uh, you know, I, I think 12 and 8 is is probably 
about the ceiling for where they're going to end up, you know, that means they, what, they got to win seven more games, set of, seven out of 11. Hey, if you get, if any team gets over uh, 10 wins, I feel like in this year's Big Ten, that is success. <clears throat> well, yeah, because the latest projection I saw from Ken Palm had like what, eight teams at 10 and 10 or something. Yeah. Good luck Nuts. finding that tiebreaker. I mean, for, for at least Big Ten tournament seating, that that would be ugly. <laughs> uh, you'd have to go four or five deep on some of those tiebreakers, I would yeah. imagine. But we'll see. A, a, a nice win for Illinois tonight, 69-60. I think they leave feeling pretty positive. You know, you've still got five of six. Now you go to Wisconsin, and and we'll see what they can do. The Badgers have not been the same team that they were without Tyler Wall. Uh, we'll, we'll see if he comes back and, and is available. And I know he played uh, recently, I believe, but the Badgers – uh, have lost four or five. And so dating back to that game here on January 7th against Illinois, they've, they've only won once since then. Um, and they, that's, that's including a loss to Northwestern. So they're not the team that I think many people thought that they were. And if they can get a win against Maryland on Wednesday and come home to face an Illinois team, you would imagine that they're feeling quite a bit better about what they're doing and and how uh, you know, they're trying to bounce back. It, it's just brutal. I mean, this, this the schedule is tough and, and it is what it is. You know, it, it's the Big Ten. It, you're going to cannibalize yourself and, uh, you you know, you just go from there. Wall did play in that game uh, against Northwestern, by the way. So imagine he'll be back and uh, we'll see how it plays out. Andy, any final thoughts? Uh, this final six weeks is going to be very, very interesting. And I think Illinois... If you think about what the records would have been with, with the opposite result, Illinois and Ohio State tied at four and five, the Buckeyes win this game. I feel like Illinois really likes that swing in the standings, even for what would this be? Game number nine uh, of the Big Ten season, right? Five and four they are now. Yep. So th that kind of swing, it seems small, but I feel like Illinois should be very happy with the fact that they keep the Buckeyes down a bit and then they themselves improve their standing in the Big Ten. Uh, the game against Wisconsin will also be a big teller. Uh, I think it is a big swing game. It's not one of these ones that you mentioned, like Nebraska at home, Minnesota at home. It's a big swing game for either team and could uh, propel either either team either way, depending on the result. No doubt about it. Agree with all of that. Watch Andy's post-game report. From State Farm Center on our website, WCIA.com. We've got highlights there as well as the entire post-game press conference from the Illini. That's going to do it for episode 175 of the WCIA 3-1 podcast. For Andy Olson, I'm Brett Behrens. Thanks so much for listening. We'll do it again on Saturday after Illinois heads up to Madison to face the battle.